and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery, and today we are talking about Danger Bay. Danger Bay! Oh Oh my gosh. Uh Oh my gosh. I'm going to see if I can find a clip of the soundtrack to put in here because it's just, ugh, when it's just I was so epic. First, when I started watching the first one, I remembered that Classified, I looked it up, Classified made a song on samples, the theme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's all about, like, natural disasters in the aughts, but not all just natural disasters because it ends with, like, a 9-11 reference. Anyway, yes. it's a little bit weird, but <laughs> it has a lot of <laughs> this theme song in it, which is amazing. It just, and it's so... called Danger Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, amazing. So. <laughs> uh, amazing. So, yeah, Danger Bay was a TV series in the late 80s, and it was a co-production of the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and Disney, which I had no idea until I was watching it now. I did not know that Disney, the Disney Channel was involved. No, but it kind of makes sense. It does. It's very much in that genre of, like, kids have more responsibility than they should and they solve crime yeah Um, yeah (laughs) except like some of the episodes don't have kids in them either which is super weird yeah and like they're not the main character no i think mainly because the kids that they picked weren't really actors (laughs) whereas like the main guy so yeah so it follows a person who has too many jobs Mm -hmm. he's like a marine biologist a veterinarian he said he was the curator. He works at the Vancouver Aquarium. And yeah, and he's played by um, Donnelly Rhodes, who goes on to be the doctor in the new Battlestar Galactica. Well, the, not that new, but the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, um, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> like, uh, he's a good classic. actor and he has amazing yeah. dimples. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, he's, he's really good. Everybody else is pretty. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of them all over the place that yes. are working with what they have, and they exactly. what they have is not that much. So. Oh yeah, no, it's not all the acting that is um, the problem. Bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's filmed at the actual Vancouver Aquarium, a lot of it, and also all over our lovely city and nearby um, suburbs Hi. as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we figured we would talk about it and um, share the ridiculousness. If you've now, also, if you've never watched it and you would like to watch it after we um, do this, which I, uh, who knows, um, it, uh, apparently it's all available on YouTube. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, I'm assuming, yeah. for where we found it, because, yeah, I don't know if it's legal, but it's all there on some random, vaguely legit slash scammy looking channel. It's one mm-hmm. of those weird ones. Yeah. 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 So we watched uh, there, the order... On YouTube and the order on IMDb are different. Oh yeah, yeah. but that's also the same for Bluey. So you know, yeah. whatever. But yeah, we can. We'll just talk about the episode titles, maybe. I think the seasons are usually right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched the pilot first. The pilot, the first episode, and, and then, I watched. I watched a couple more, but they were bad. <laughs> and then an episode called "The Only One." Yep. Yeah, which is also in the first season. Mm-hmm. And then we each watch separate episodes in season two, so we can tell you and each other about them, because that's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I watched one called... Oh, no, I can't find it. Fish Forgery. 
Ooh. I yeah. watched one called Aquarius, which had nothing to do with the plot at all. It was yeah. a very oddly put together Interesting. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The the episodes are all a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So basically it follows this guy, Grant, or Dr. Roberts, mm-hmm. who, yeah, like I said, has a bunch of jobs. And then he's a single dad who lives like on an island near Vancouver. It's mm-hmm. kind of unclear. And then the kids kind of like free range. They're like tween-ish. I don't know. Seems weird. And then there's also like a helicopter pilot and some other characters, but they don't really matter. No. Yeah. So in the pilot, uh, it's about the kids meeting or like rescuing a baby river otter and like rehabbing it and then having it as a pet. Mm-hmm. Do not recommend. No. <laughs> uh, and then they call the they call the river otter danger. And then in later episodes, they just like leave danger home alone, like loose in their house with like dirty dishes on the yeah. counter, which seems like a good way to have all your dishes broken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It uh, it's an interesting experience, but um, yeah. Oh, and I guess should we do a disclaimer about like how involved we have been I guess so it's like it's not a real secret if you try hard enough yeah but we haven't talked about it in our history yeah of the last four years but yeah we or we maybe we have I don't remember I don't know if we have or not I think we've (laughs) talked about it vaguely, but anyways, yeah. yeah, the show's filmed at the Vancouver Aquarium, and we both have volunteered and worked at the Vancouver Aquarium. Neither mm-hmm. of us do any more and haven't for uh, six years, uh, uh, yeah. for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 13? So, yeah. For yeah. me? Yeah. But, yeah, had, you know, a long history of involvement uh, before that, but obviously everything we say is just, like, our own recollections. Mm-hmm. We're not, like, spokespeople of the aquarium yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was it is cool to like see because like when this was filmed, I was definitely going to the aquarium a lot. We lived like a fifteen minute drive from the aquarium, and we had a membership, and my mom would take us like all the time. So yeah, like I probably for at some points in the eighties, I went probably every week. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> um, it was a good yeah. thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Free and well, mm-hmm. free because we had a membership, membership. and yeah. close by, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So river otters. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like there's like so much other aquariumy stuff to talk about. I know. But that's probably we could, we, we only interesting our own podcast episode just for you and me. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's only interesting for us and like our friends. Yeah. But yeah, river otters. <laughs> so river otters are uh, North American. Well, specifically, this is the North American species. Um, they are in the mustelid family or the weasels. So they're related to things like um, stoats and weasels and all that kind of stuff they are very furry like Mm -hmm. sea otters but their body shape is completely different than sea otters they have way like sleeker fur they're also like super long and skinny whereas sea otters are very uh more like squat shaped Mm -hmm. river (laughs) otters also have very long tails and despite their name they do live in rivers but they will also if the river goes to the ocean as in an estuary then they will go into the ocean um (laughs) so yeah they'll eat uh basically anything they're very tricksy yep they uh they're good at escaping they are held in captivity but they're they're 
the tricksy ones to have because mm-hmm. they are very smart and very slithery. Yes. 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 Like muscle, like they're weaselly. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they weasel out of stuff. Yeah. 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 The, all yep. the cliche yep. Disney animal weasels basically yeah. act like that, but mm-hmm. in water. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. basically. And they're smaller than lots of weasels. Like, they're pretty small. They're, uh, like, 5 to 14 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, they have the sort of fur that when it gets really wet looks like they don't really have fur, but they do have quite, like, plush mm-hmm. fur when they're dry. You just don't often see them dry. Yeah, so, like, there's this whole line, this whole subplot of the subplot of the river otter when the yeah. sun is like, you can't, you, like, you're going into the ocean, it's too cold, you're gonna die. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Not at all. First of all, you yeah. sound it in the ocean. Second of all... Yeah, exactly. The, no, don't you know they this? Go, they go in the ocean all the time. Also, lots of rivers are colder than the ocean because yeah. the salt in the seawater usually stays warmer and it's a bigger body of water. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the show was a bit vague about river otter facts other than, like, they can swim. Yeah, and then he, Dr. Roberts was always like, was also like, oh, it's a girl from, like, five feet mm-hmm. away. And I'm like... Um, um, well, yeah, think you can sex river otters from that far no, away. No, especially juveniles, because yeah. the main the main difference between males and females is that their males are larger in adults. Yeah, but so that's, yeah, yeah, hard to yeah. tell with juveniles. But yeah, so the river otter. Sorry, I watched it a while ago, but Lindsay watched it more recently. I think um, mm-hmm. the river otter. The reason they got it was it was it shot or its mom was shot? No, it was shot by it was shot some poachers. Yeah, by, like, fishing poachers. Salmon poachers, yeah. Which is definitely a thing that has happened and Mm -hmm. continues to happen. Um, Speaking of the aquarium, the aquarium has rescued and rehabilitated multiple otters and pinnipeds who've been shot Mm -hmm. by basically the same thing, um, presumably. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It was very vague about... I don't think they actually ever showed a salmon, but... They were like salmon poachers out of season, and this was a juvenile river otter. I'm like, aren't the salmon gonna be bigger than the river otter? I guess it would be the the bycatch of whatever else, but then they shouldn't care because I think they were worried not so much about them eating the salmon, but like getting into their nets and fishing gear and stuff. Yeah, maybe they weren't very smart poachers, but yeah, no, they were pretty dumb poachers. They were, you know, your typical Disney child. Yeah. They were, like, had huge nets out really, really close to land. Like, yeah. really close. Yeah, it was, like, they were like, also, you don't usually fish for salmon with nets? Nope. <laughs> and not that close to land. Nope. For salmon at all. Yeah. But with nets, I'm like, this, have you ever looked under the water in yeah. BC? Yeah, there's, like, so much, like, seaweed and yeah. logs and... <laughs> Yeah, they were not very good fisher people. Maybe it's just maybe why they were having to fish off season because they maybe. were not good enough. Because they were not good. To, they were not good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, do you want to talk about the next episode that we watched? Yeah. So the next episode is about a beluga giving birth. So this is basically almost entirely a, a true story using real footage. Although I just looked it up, and Kavanaugh mm-hmm. gave birth to Tuwak in 1977. So it was like almost oh, so it was 10 really old years footage. later. Yeah, because yeah. I was—that's like, what I was thinking. I was like, Kavna was not because in the in real life in the seventies and also in the show, the whale Kavna, who's yeah, the real name of mm-hmm. the whale too, conceived the calf 
in the wild. The wild. Yeah. And I was like, Kavna was definitely there before the or mid eighties. Yeah. Yeah, and I was she like, was there forever. Because I was trying to figure out just in the all the episodes about how they were filming these things. And obviously the footage of, like, the footage of Kavna and whoever was around mm-hmm. with her was not footage during birth in general. Yeah. Um, but the footage of the actual birth, I was like, what? They're not going to be filming this while they're doing this birth? Like, it was very... Yeah, I was like, and then just I was, trying to logic it out. It might have also been some footage from another birth, maybe at a different facility, or maybe yeah. there was there could have been another, un, like a stillbirth or something at the aquarium later, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I tried to look it up, and surprisingly, there's not a lot of information. I feel like I remember that Tuak, the calf, in this... Hmm story was breach but i don't have anything to back that up on yeah no i i'm pretty sure as well but i don't know why i think that exactly but yeah so in the story and in real life the cabinet gives birth to a beluga it's one of the first successful births of a beluga calf in captivity and it died it did die four months later uh, from bacterial disease infection i think Mm -hmm. something along those lines it's very difficult actually to tell what actually caused death in captive calves. Yeah. Um, beluga calves in the wild and in captivity have an incredibly low success rate, especially in their first three months. And yeah, and especially with first-time parents. Yes, exactly. First-time moms. And first-time moms, first-time... And then also nobody else in the exhibit with her who knew what was going on either. Yeah. Um, which is also important. They are very mm-hmm. social creatures and they do... They have very strong relationships with ants, mm-hmm. quotation ants. They can even help to feed, to nurse the animals. They will lactate even if they haven't even ever given birth. Yeah. So that's a big part of raising a beluga calf, which yeah. Yeah, cabbage not a, have. Exactly, yeah. I think I don't think there are any other females no, there. I don't believe so. So most of this was correct. They talk a lot about not knowing anything, which was really interesting to me because as I worked there, I was present for three beluga calf births. And at mm-hmm. that point we were pretty good at it. Yeah. So it was a really weird thing, but of course it made sense for them to not know and like not even know that what it looks like. They're like, she's moving her dorsal, her flipper. Yeah, yeah. She's obviously <laughs> about to give birth. I'm like nothing's come out of her yet. <laughs> so yeah. you guys know how mammalian birth works? Yeah, so, like, humans, like, their water breaks or, like, yeah. a mucus plug comes out, basically. Yeah, and you can see it because it's yeah. water. Because <laughs> it's water. And it's very red. Mm-hmm. And then it also happened so fast, even with the head. I was like, all the births yeah. I went at, the tail was sticking out of the mom for, like, ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, a very slow a whole process. day. Which yeah. is one of the reasons... All cetaceans give birth tail first, because if you think mm-hmm. about it, air breathers, if you stick your head out, then you die because you can't breathe. So yeah. head air breathing apparatus needs to come last. But other footage of like the, the calf trying to breathe for the first time and just jumping straight out of the air. That was like 100% real. That's how calves. Yeah. They just the like, while. they go and up just, and it's like, oh, I float. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. a lot of that was um, really accurate. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, would, 
I would definitely like recommend watching this episode if you're at all curious. Like I thought it was pretty well done, both like the sciencey part, but also like the human yeah, side I agree. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of you have to go home, I can't go home, they're sick, we yeah. need to figure out what's going on. And I'm like, Yep. <laughs> that sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. And yeah. yeah also beluga calves look like adorable giant poos. So yeah, basically. highly recommend watching this. <laughs> um, so the other uh, main interesting fact about this birth was that it inspired a song. Indeed. That if you are a millennial and you don't work at an aquarium, it's very dear to your heart. If yes. you are a millennial who did work at an aquarium, you will sucker punch someone. <laughs> Yeah, you, it's basically the Raffi Baby Beluga song. I've probably heard, and like I didn't even work a with belugas or like in a like customer service like child facing part at the aquarium for the most part. I've probably heard a million times, and I it's it's too annoying and too catchy and too wrong. Yeah, it's also <laughs> like I will just say yeah, as a person who worked, not only. Uh, at a customer front, at the front end of, mm. in the customer service, but customer service near Belugas mm-hmm. and also during three Belu- baby Beluga summers. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it 300 million times. Yeah. And you will not believe how funny people are. Oh, how yeah, funny they, think, just, they think that they are. They think are they are. They, they just come and in. sing it in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Rafi wrote this song about this whale in captivity. Yeah, beluga whales are gray when yeah. they're born in the wild because they yeah. are born in estuaries. So it's and they also yeah, swim like, in their mother's shadow. Yeah, they're uh, like a grayish brown kind of. Yep. Yeah. And again, this beluga was born in captivity. So you go to back to yourself, sing that song, and yeah. um, maybe write <laughs> Raffi a note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, like. I, I like the fact that there is a song. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the idea of the song is fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. The execution and then the, the, the volume and the, yep. the overwhelmingness yep. of it. Yeah, is just too much. Too yep. much. So, yeah. TV show. Fairly accurate about beluga births. Mm-hmm. Raffi. Be- because they had very footage. inaccurate. Very yeah. inaccurate. Yep. Yeah. I think my personal favorite part of this whole episode I mean the beluga stuff was great but there's like certain parts of the aquarium that they show mm-hmm. um, that like are in the 80s look basically exactly how I remember mm-hmm. them from the late 90s or like mid to late 90s I started volunteering there in like 96 so yeah like the the like administrative entrance looks exactly the same and I was like watching it and I'm like oh who knew I had that many feelings about Door yeah. 5, which was what we used to call it. Like, But, you know, I had a lot of feelings about that mm-hmm. area, that side of the building. I know. Um, and, like, the like meeting conference room was, like, I don't know, I volunteered and did, like, birthday parties and stuff in that room, mm-hmm. and now it's, like, an office. Yeah. And from the mid-'80s to the late, like, 20, or the mid-2010s, looked basically exactly, exactly the, the same, same. Yeah, i think just the carpet changed a few times because the got, wet. It got wet and uh oh. like they recovered the chairs but they were the same chairs no they the chairs in the one that i watched mm. just now are the mm-hmm. same chairs when i was there the last time oh and my gosh. also the photo of the queen 
Yes, the photo of the queen is still there. So the chairs weren't even recovered? I don't think so. I rec- or maybe like they were They may have been recovered the same while I was working at the aquarium. Yeah. But the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely recognized the pattern in this ep- in the episode. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah like, yeah, so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Um, and, like, there have been, probably from when I started volunteering there, like, the 10 years between when the show was and when I started volunteering, there weren't that many changes. But from when we started working there, and especially when we started working, like, more in animal care, biology side of things, where we were, like, actually in the more behind the scenes mm. that's shown in the show, there was a ton of changes. But yes. from the from the 80s to the 90s, there weren't that many changes. Like, it was weird. We'll just be Arctic Canada was the biggest Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So where the belugas were in this was not where they were when I started volunteering there. Yeah. It was where they were when I was there as a kid, obviously, because mm-hmm. I, like, I could have been in one of the audiences in this yep. show. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. And also, like, it's neat because they filmed all kinds of stuff around the city. Like, one of the episodes, I think probably one that I just randomly watched because I just, like, put a bunch on when I was doing stuff around the house, they showed... Canada Place, which was built for Expo 86 as, like, the Canadian pavilion, was under construction. (laughs) And it's a pretty iconic building. If you've ever seen, like, a Vancouver skyline with the, Mm -hmm. like, building building that kind of looks like sails right on the waterfront. So the fact that it was, like, half built with, like, sort of steel scaffolding was really weird looking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you want to talk about the episode that you watched? Sure. I watched an episode, yeah, called Aquarius in the mm-hmm. end of season two, and I picked it because it, the thumbnail was a dolphin, but that was a mm. trap. There was no dolphins <laughs> in this episode. Um, there was, like, at the beginning, they did a blood draw on one of mm. the Pacific white-sided dolphins, and nice. that was it and had absolutely nothing to do with the plot at <laughs> oh, all. Oh, no. So the first plot, they start in the Amazon, and... The daughter is training a hairy armadillo. Okay. I don't know um, that they ever had an armadillo, but I guess they did. That's cool. I don't Jealous. know either. Like, she was talking, saying something of, like, it's time to go home. But because yeah. everybody, like, all the public had left. But I was also... But, like, yeah. Well, the what? Amazon gallery, which is, like, the terrestrial part, which is actually, like, where I worked for the most longest period of time, would have been like basically brand new when yeah. they were doing this. It was, mm-hmm. I think, opened in, like, 83 or 84. Yeah. Whatever year the Queen came to Vancouver was when exactly. it happened. Because that's why, and that's why we have that picture downstairs. Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. So the Amazon gallery actually looked almost the same, just different oh, yeah. kind of vegetation. Yeah. So, different plants. but the it starts with somebody leaving what you think might be a bomb in the Amazon, and then it turns out to be a baby. Oh, like a, a human baby. A human baby, and then oh. the the daughter and the helicopter pilot who's now blonde yeah i think it was a different actor in the second season um take care of her and then foster care picks it up and that goes nowhere like it has nothing to do with anything whatsoever they're like oh we have to keep her overnight at our house and the government said it was okay because they knew that you were my dad and so then they did and then the foster people come and get her in the morning and they're sad and then the baby's gone and that's it it's not mentioned (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's special (laughs) 
So the main plot is that the president of China is coming to for a visit the next day. Like, he changed his schedule. And okay. So they have to, like, clean everything. And that's why they were in the meeting room, is because they were having a meeting of the, of the head of the departments. Right. And this is where, like, some of the jokes were that actually kind of worked. But there's also some exciting xenophobia with the Asian woman. Oh yeah! Oh my 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 episode also had sneaky racism. Yeah, and it was kind of they didn't actually ever like say anything in the episode, so it might have just been um, xenophobia of the actress and Mm. the writers just assuming that she was Chinese and could speak whatever language. They said like two sentences in. I don't know (laughs) if it was Mandarin or Cantonese, like the president handlers, and then they. Then she, like, spoke in English back to them. It was like, you know, yes, this will be blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, we should speak in English and practice. Mm-hmm. So pretty sure that whatever language they decided to use, she didn't speak. Um, <laughs> I have no way of knowing that at all. I have no way of knowing if she's actually Chinese. I don't know um, yeah. her history whatsoever. It was exciting to me entirely that there was a woman of color on the show in an actual <laughs> role like she was doing she was a vet tech i think yeah no she's a she's a veterinarian she's in it a bunch that um, yeah that character mm-hmm. yeah, yeah she's really so, good yeah so yeah. like she's really great and but at that point i was just like mm. but also like there's lots of people in canada who are of like chinese descent who don't speak don't, chinese yeah. because they yeah they and their parents and their grandparents here. were raised mm-hmm. here right like yeah i was just not yeah. sure uh, because it was the 80s like that's yeah a little yeah, bit. yeah 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 um so yeah there was lots of like we have to clean everything and update all the id tags for all the exhibits oh. by tomorrow sounds like, familiar <laughs> okay sure sounds, and... i mean it's unrealistic but i it's been asked before i'm sure yep, yep. <laughs> and then they were talking about how the wire photos of the visit would access the entire globe, which I thought was funny because it was the 80s. Amazing. And then at one point, the giant Pacific octopus escapes. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, Fact. oh, this is like which, how we talked about last episode. About, yeah. And then that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> then, then the next scene, the octopus was there and they were cleaning the glass. Nice. But I mean, the often biggest... the octopus used to escape and then also go back home. Yeah, and then own. go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the biggest thing in this, like, they're all trying to get ready and, like, all the things. And the director's all stressed out and then the power goes out. And then they talk a lot about getting a generator and the heat goes out of the Amazon because oh. the power doesn't work. Yep. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about what actually happens when the power yeah. goes out at an aquarium. Oh. Yeah. So... Um, electricity is really important in aquariums, not just for like lights, lights, but water pumps are really important, not just for cleanliness, but that's how oxygen gets into the water, which is important for things with gills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also the heat, but like the heat, I don't know, the heat like stays around for a pretty long time. Like the power would have to be out for a long time for the Amazon to really cool off. Yeah. It was um, like a day and a half. So oh, yeah, that would yeah. be problematic at certain times of year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the first concern is yeah. Oxygenating the water, which is the circulation of the water. Um, there's other, like we, so we would have battery powered bubblers, which was like just a little pump with an air hose that like is battery powered. And you can stick that yeah, in. Like- in the water. It's like like what you'd have at your home aquarium. In your, in your aquariums, um, yeah. 
yeah, the little like stone at the end. Yeah, but there was one day where the power went out and then the gen, we had, obviously there was a backup generator because, you know, that's kind of important. But then there was one day where the power went out and then the generator caught on fire and Mm -hmm. we were literally like stirring with large sticks. Yep. To oxygenate the water. That was a, that was a day. (laughs) Yeah, that was a day we discovered that our safety emergency lights didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just in wet basement yeah. with no no lights at all. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Um, and just a bunch of buckets on the floor because we were trying to keep everything cold. So there was a lot of ice around. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. So like yeah. trying to keep things like cold. So like for food safety, also mm-hmm. depending on the time of year, trying to chill water um, yep. in the summer or heat water for the tropical exhibits in the winter. Um, yeah. Lots of, yeah. lots of power usage. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like you think about like watching this and behind the scenes and mm-hmm. exciting stuff of like seeing the animals from the other side and stuff. A lot of aquariums behind the scenes are just pipes and yep. filters. Yeah, like, pipes just and filters and like kind of rusty hallways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like rusty salt crusted hallways. <laughs> yeah, where you walk through a bunch of pipes to get to your fish or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. or like climb over pipes. Something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as things modernize, like the Vancouver Aquarium was built in the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So as things have, like, modernized, they obviously are, like, coming up to modern, like, health and safety standards. But, you know, the 50s were mm-hmm. a time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, though, because, yeah, for sure, like, oh, my gosh, so-and-so is coming, or we have a inspection, yeah. or yeah. all that stuff, like... That was very... Yeah. That's a very it's, thing. It's yeah. one of those, like, the funny memories, but also it's, like... You know, when you come together with people that you work with to mm-hmm. solve a hard problem on a deadline, yeah. like it's always a bonding experience too. So yeah, mm-hmm. not all yeah, negative and stuff like that. Like yeah, we had when the power went out and our safety lights didn't work. We found a Beauty and the Beast flashlight that someone had found in an exhibit. So we just like ra- not ran around. That's unsafe. But like pretended to hide around corners and like kind of played flashlight tag. <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. Till somebody went and found some real flashlights. Like you know. There's only so much you can do in situations like that, and you might well, as well exactly, have some fun. yeah. And from a like fish perspective, if there's no pumps and filtration, like as soon as the power goes out, you like cancel any feeds that you were planning to do mm-hmm. unless they're absolutely necessary yep. because you don't want fish pooping because you don't have a way to get that out. Yeah, to get that out, <laughs> and you want to yeah. for the marine mammals that you want to keep the fridge and the freezer closed so yeah, that so all the other thaw. food in there remains the temperature we you want it to be. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just hold off yeah. for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So the only weird thing about this is that the this guy, I guess, Grant, was in charge of the getting the generator and getting it fixed. And like so I said, I don't he has many, job many jobs. <laughs> yeah. So many jobs. Um, so, yeah. So the end is the, for some reason, like a throwaway line at the end is the, the marmoset had twins. <laughs> okay. So weird. I mean, marmosets, anyway. some marmosets do have twins. Then he goes home to, like, put a suit on. I don't know. And he does, like, this little jump and heel tap. And then the president of China comes and everybody bows and they walk into door five. And then Grant turns around and winks at the camera. And that's the end. <laughs> that's yeah. so strange. So, Sounds like a lot of dropped plots and yeah. <laughs> strangeness. It's really weird. So weird. So strange. Amazing. I might watch it because it sounds fun. Um, also, I want to see the Amazon when it was brand new. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Mine was called Fish Forgery, and it's about uh, Grant helping this uh, maybe random guy. His name's Lester Hawkwell. Uh, 
with his koi fish that turns out to be fake and then also dies. Um, So, yeah, so Grant is somewhere that may or may not be the, the aquarium. He might also have another job. Hard to say. He's looking at this fish that's a koi fish and it's like swimming upside down which is like mm-hmm. never a good sign with a fish that the the thumbnail was a fish swimming upside down so that's why i picked this one because i was like oh fish veterinary stuff which they didn't really do but basically it turned out to be that this koi fish was a koi fish but it was painted to be like a fancy like six thousand mm-hmm. dollar or twenty thousand i don't know what the number was like super yeah, twenty thousand dollar koi fish which is insane but also like realistic mm-hmm. um yeah, so it it was painted with some, like, waterproof paint, which between the, like, anesthetizing in ice water to paint it, and then also the toxicity of the paint killed mm-hmm. the fish. Yeah, so then surprising. He, he and this guy, he's, like, not at the aquarium, and the guy's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the pet store, and you should come so you can prove that I bought a fake fish. And then, so then the next day they go to the pet store and meet this lady and she's like, oh, yeah, I sold it on consignment from so-and-so, and he just came and took all the money that you paid me, and blah, blah, blah. So they go on this, like, crazy wild goose chase, and they go, I don't know, I think they go to, like, the Natoi, like, the, um, there's, a like, Japanese gardens at the, at UBC, by the Botanical Gardens. I forget what they're called. It starts with an N. I'm pretty sure that's where they went. Um, so they go there to, like, talk to a koi fish expert, and there's, like, another guy that's, like, thinks that they're cops who, rather than, like, talking to them, just, like... I don't it's very strange like tries to give them a piece of paper rather than just like giving them a piece of paper he just like does weird things and like makes the like fish nerd guy think that he's trying to be killed (laughs) it's very strange (laughs) and then yeah so they go and they talk to this these people and then they realize that there's like a a really fancy fish auction happening somewhere else which I'm pretty sure was Kate's Park and then they go and it's like they have these like apparently really fancy fish in like wading pools at the park (laughs) (laughs) it's very strange and then they start like dr roberts just like reaches in and grabs one of these fish that somebody thinks is worth like tens of thousands of dollars and just starts rubbing it to rub the paint off (laughs) it's so weird so weird oh and then in and amongst all this they meet a like koi fish expert at the japanese gardens who i think was played by a person who was maybe Japanese hard to say but definitely put on like the f- fakest like most stereotypical Japanese accent mm. I've ever heard it was horrendous yeah so they're like talking to him there's this whole thing about like people would like make traditional wood carving paintings of koi fish like with the markings on a specific koi fish and that's like the the name tag or something of the fish and sort of it's like the the prodigy line i don't know it was a bit confusing and poorly explained and then yeah so then they they're trying to figure out who painted the fish and who's trying to sell them as fakes and it basically it's like this it actually turns out through many convoluted things that really don't matter it's actually the pet store owner that they met at the very beginning who used to work as a paint like she would do these paintings of the fish like not on the fish but like of the fish on a piece of paper and then so then she knew the like fancy markings of all these like world-renowned famous koi fish in japan and then recreated those markings on just like plain koi fish and then tried to pass them off as these fancy japanese koi fish in and amongst all of this there's also the helicopter pilot jl 
who is yeah definitely a different actress and maybe a different character it's unclear um, like who's being like inappropriately flirty and like has weird access to like behind the scenes parts of the aquarium and is like telling grant not to throw her a surprise party in the way of like oh don't throw me a surprise party but like of course you're throwing me a surprise party mm-hmm. for my birthday and then also like flies them across the town to go to this auction even though it's like a half an hour drive um it's like it's so bizarre and then yeah the birthday party thing goes nowhere other than just like they're weird and awkward and flirty and inappropriate and then at the end they just like trade bad koi and fish puns oh no (laughs) like she's like oh i didn't mean to be so coy and then something else about and then like well i did it on port on purpose porpoise but then i and then i died a little bit inside and then there was another one about a spell smelt and it was just it was bad it was one of those things that like if the actors had actually had chemistry it might have been cute but they really didn't yeah so it was just awkward yeah yeah but yeah in terms of science there wasn't really a lot like yes koi fish are very like prized in some circles people are big fish nerds and spend a lot of money on fish also true painting fish bad because yeah fish Mm. do absorb toxins through their skin and through their gills which are like right next to their skin so yeah that seems legitimate and yeah anytime you see a fish floating upside down it's not usually a good sign i mean it wasn't sorry like swimming upside down it's often a swim bladder issue because fish have a swim bladder inside which is like how they control their buoyancy and if their swim bladder like is punctured or has an infection or all kinds of stuff can uh, not work and then they don't float properly or their buoyancy is all wonky and that can cause them to be upside down also like if they have an infection that has like um, gas producing bacteria that can cause them like a weird part of their body to be buoyant yeah yeah it was it was a a very strange episode that was not what i was expecting (laughs) no (laughs) but yeah basically it was just like grant and this like fish nerd and then they picked up some other guy who was also a fish nerd but yeah the guy that the fish the first fish nerd thought was trying to kill him yeah and then they yeah it's like it was just shenanigans (laughs) just shenanigans (laughs) with like an attempt at rom-com uh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was it was an experience yeah wouldn't recommend this episode but i would recommend like a few like the beluga one i think was really good yeah, the blue bone was really good, and, like, this one I watched was weird, but was funny. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That probably brings us to the end of this shenanigans. Yes, <laughs> like we've gone on for a long time. Yeah, if you watched Danger Bay as a child and have weird, vague recollections of it, and then go back and watch more episodes, please tell us about it, because, mm-hmm. yes, love to hear it. You can find us on social media. We're at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can head to our website, naturefindsapod.com. And don't forget to leave a rating or a, rev- or a review wherever you subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with much less Inside Baseball mm-hmm. and with Godzilla. Ooh, yeah. Ah. But the Matthew Broderick one, just so you know, don't get mad yeah. at us. This is what we're watching. We, we picked <laughs> the one that we wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And in, in the, the meantime... meantime Stay Stay science, friends. friends.